Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Monday to you guys. Um, this podcast, you know, you know, yesterday news, I'm not going to say news broke. I mean, because it was out there that, um, that Mike D'Antoni, you know, was going to be a candidate for the Sixers job. Um, once he lost his job, um, or once he, uh, decided not to return to the Houston Rockets, whatever happened first. And that happened on Sunday. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I don't really believe that. I don't believe that he's a serious candidate. And I'm going to give you a reason why. Um, Maybe he and the Sixers may decide to do that. But right now, I I just don't see it. I'm going to give him a reason why. Secondly, I'm going to talk about Joel Embiid, who has a huge impact in, in naming the coaches in the second segment. And in the third segment, I got to talk about the, the L.A. Clippers, man. I really do. I got to talk about the L.A. Clippers. I mean, the Clippers starting to make me look bad, really make me look bad. I picked the Clippers to win it all. So here we go. First things first. Okay, first segment. You know, um, you know last night, yesterday, Word got out that Mike D'Antoni has decided not to re-sign with the Clippers. I mean, excuse me, with the Houston Rockets. Um, As you know, some of you, um, the Houston Rockets season um, ended on Saturday night when they lost in five games to the L.A. Lakers in the second round of playoffs. And, you know, it was brought to my attention last week that Mike D'Antoni is possibly, is well, not possibly, is going to be listed as a candidate for the Sixers job. And my initial reaction was like, come on, man. Really? Like, really? And and, it, and the reason being is because when I was down in Orlando, all I was hearing was that Mike D'Antoni was going to be the next coach of the Indiana Pacers, right? That's all I heard. And I, I know I spoke to sources where they also were saying that, you know, his name was trying to get thrown in a hat for the Sixers job. But to me, I always looked at it as if, like, okay, there are certain people, especially after Nate McMillan was fired, who was always saying that Dan Tony was going to get the job and that's tampering, Right. They were saying that that was in the works beforehand. So then when you look at it now, they come out and they say, okay, um, okay, he's also a candidate for the Sixers job. So to me, I always looked at that as if people were saying, you know what, there wasn't really tampering. He was, his, uh, his, you know, he was open to going to other positions. You know, now you have the Sixers job. He's familiar with the Sixers. He had a cup of coffee here in Philadelphia as, like, an associate head coach. So it seems like a good fit for him. It's open. It's not a good fit. Not right now. It's not a good fit. Because when you look at the 76ers roster back then, they had a roster that was extremely conducive to his style. 
They had a point guard in Ishmael who they basically traded for once he came. And Ishmael is a let's get out and go athletic point guard. Plays with high tempo. The center they had at the time was Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel was a let's get up, run up down the court, let's do lobs at the basket type of guy. They start running these pick and rolls and all this other stuff. So when you look at Ben Simmons and you look at Joel Embiid right now, they don't fit what what uh, Dan Tony wants to do. Now there are some people who are saying, man, you can't really bring them here. Look what they did. They played without a center. Well, you know, I think that that's not going to be what's going to happen at his next job. But I get your point. Like, I, I, I get your point. But I don't know. I know the Sixers got out and run this year. Got out and ran this year. But I do not think that it's going to fit. But at the same time, when you think about this, let's just say if you're the 76ers. And let's just say you really like Ty Lue, okay? So you, Ty Lue is a guy who wants $7 million. He'll settle for 5 for, or 6 right? And then all of a sudden you add Dan Tony's name to the list. Dan Tony's been coaching for a while. He has some successful stops. He has some flops. But he's a, 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 a coach who has a name. So it comes down to it like, look, bro, I know you're asking for seven. But um, we got this guy over here. And you know what I mean? Like, you going to take the job or what? Because if you, if you don't, like, if you still want that seven and he wants five or four, I don't know, bro. We may go that way. Now, again, I'm not saying that's what the Sixers are doing. But I'm just saying that this is a possibility. And like I said beforehand, if you're Mike D'Antoni and you really want that Indiana job, but you don't you don't want people to think that you were tampering. You don't want people to think that you were the reason that Nate McMillan lost his job. See what you're going to do. You're going to interview for other spots, right? I mean, to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for these two teams to unite and be together. I, I, right now, now things can change, but right now it doesn't make any sense to me. When we get back from this break, we'll talk more about some, we'll talk, well, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about um, Joel Embiid. Hey, y'all, uh, thanks for listening for the first segment. I just want to say this. If you if you haven't subscribed to this podcast now, now is a great time to do so. You know, as I keep stressing, this is the only podcast that's going to come to you five days a week. You know, there's been some times when, you know, down, they brother need to take, a, take, take some vacation. So I took some vacation time recently, but now I'm back. But, um, you know, you're going to get the inside by listening to this podcast. I am a Sixers beat writer, so I can give you the inside of that. I've been covering the team for the past seven years. Next year will be my eighth season on the beat. And, um, 
You know, just keep coming back to Locked On 76ers. I tell you, I got you five days a week. Now, you know, when we talk about it, you know, with Joel, the coach, whoever the coach is, is going to have to be someone that Joel approves of, right? This dude has a huge influence. You know, I mean, you have to say the same for Ben Simmons, but I think that, you know, Joel right now is the franchise player. Like it or leave it, that's just how it is nowadays, right? You got these franchise players, they have a huge hand to say in things. Some people don't like it. I know it. I get calls. I get emails saying, what do you mean? They have to get someone... They got to get someone that he approves of. Yes, they do. They do. And and here's the reason why. Joel Embiid, the Sixers are heavily invested in Joel Embiid. We're talking about millions. Joel Embiid, I believe, is going to make $29 million next year. Maybe, I believe, it's $29.5. I'm not 100% sure. But it's, going, it's over $29, right? So, if you hire a coach, and the coach is making about, let's just say, Ty Lu wants to make $7 million a year. So you add that up, if he gets a four-year deal, that's $28 mil. Joel Embiid makes more money than he is going to make over his career. More money in one season than Ty Lu is going to make in his over his career as a Sixers coach in his contract, right? So... If Joel Embiid and Ty Lue don't get along, what do you think is going to happen? Honestly, what do you think is going to happen? The Sixers are going to say, okay. Okay, so Joel is the reason why people come. No matter who, no matter who we hire as the coach, we're going to put Joel's picture on billboards. Joel's picture on tickets. Mm. Joel has the Mountain Dew commercial that still, even though the Sixers were swept, that Mountain Dew commercial is still getting played. Right? I mean, that that, that commercial is getting plenty of airtime. So you understand what I'm saying? He's the face of the franchise. What he what he says matter, and not only a franchise. Think about the Sixers franchise, where Joel Embiid is buddies with Michael Rubin. He's cool with Josh Harris. I mean, more so than any other player owner relationship. I mean, you hear stories of after games, coaches coming in there. Sixers lost. Coaches coming in there like. Hey, Joel, hey, Joel, did you get the ball enough? Did you get the ball enough? Come on, bruh. Because they knew if Joel said he was unhappy, they were gone. So you don't underestimate the power of Joel and B, right? Don't underestimate that. Now, the, the thing is, a lot of people keep thinking that you can bring in a coach who doesn't have experience, head coaching experience, I don't think that's going to work in this instance. And and not just because of Joel. I just think the Sixers have too much at stake for them to 
try to figure out if somebody can if somebody can can uh, coach this team. Like, okay, we're gonna give them a try. You know, like I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, when you went out there and you got Brett Brown, it's because hey, the team was tanking. He was a an assistant coach on San Antonio. He had a player development background, right? So you go out there, you give him a chance, you see what he can do, right? This ain't the time to do stuff like that. Nor is it the time to go out there and get an Eddie Jordan. And what I mean by that is a guy who was an assistant coach, who was a respected assistant coach. So you go out there and you give him a shot to see what he can do. Right. And as much as everyone is um, on college level, on pro level, unless you've been in that seat, it's hard to give them a chance. Like uh, one of my colleagues wrote a, wrote a uh, OK column. I mean, a couple wrote a solid column. You know, he talked about going after like a Nick's nurse or a Brad. Um What's his name? Um, Brad Stevens, right? From uh, the Celtics. Now, completely different situations. You know, Nick Nurse was there. They gave him the keys. But it was like, you know, he was a, a great assistant coach, a well-renowned assistant coach on a, cha- on a team that couldn't get over the hump. And they also traded for Kawhi, right? So he gets the job. But Brad Stevens, this situation was one of those things where they were struggling. They were worse than the Sixers that year. I mean, people forget the first year of the process, the Sixers finished third, Celtics finished second. But guess what happened? They got Brad Stevens, a young coach, young coach, and he um, had a young team. And then through the years, they start bringing in veterans. And all of a sudden, it got better. So you just can't do that now. This team, let's face it, this team, I don't think they're going to finish no better than 7th in the East if Giannis stays with Milwaukee. But they got championship aspirations, brother. You just can't, like, bring in somebody and say, oh, we're going to see. Nah, you got you to gotta go after the guy. You got to go get someone. In the third segment, when I get back, we'll talk about the L.A. Clippers. We'll be right back. So, if you haven't done it before, this is the perfect time, the last time, for you guys to download this podcast um, any, any, anywhere where you get your podcast from. Every nowadays, it, they're on everything. Back in the day, when you first said it, you said it'd be extremely specific because there's only certain spots that you could go anywhere to get it. Um, again, like I said, you know, you can also um, read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer. You could go to inquire.com. You could uh, you could follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers. You could follow me on IG, Instagram at Pompeii on Sixers. And that's at P-O-M-P-E-Y-O-N-S-I-X-E-R-S, right? But when, when I'm looking at these playoffs, right, so y'all don't realize, I have 
friends and, and family members in L.A., right? You know, when I, I love L.A., there's too many fires and stuff like that, but bruh. But I have friends and family members that I have uh, in L.A. They love the Lakers. I mean, love the Lakers. So whenever the Clippers do well, I'm always talking about the Clippers. I'm like, yo, Clippers going to win the championship. Oh, my God, the Clippers have Kawhi and PG. Oh, the Clippers are the deepest team in the NBA. And whenever the Clippers win, I'll send like an emoji, a big win and stuff like that. And when the Clippers lose, I'll send an emoji. I mean, when the Lakers lose and on a time the Clippers win, I'll send an emoji. Just talking that trash, right? Just trying to get something out of them. And they always say, I say, yo, the Clippers fans are excited. Yeah, all five of them. Or whenever the Clippers get a big win, they're like, yo, man, they the same old Clippers. They say they're the same old sorry bleep bleep Clippers, right? And I'm like, y'all got to be joking. Y'all just haters. Y'all hating on the Clippers, right? Fast forward to last night's game. The Clippers were blowing out the Denver Nuggets. I mean, blowing out the Denver Nuggets. And guess what happened? They ended up losing by double digits. The, the Clippers were up three games to one in the second round of the team's Western Conference Series. It's tied three to three now. Game seven is going to be Tuesday. Now, I'm looking at this like, yo, the Clippers can't lose this, right? They can't. Now, all my thoughts keep coming back to all the times when I thought the Clippers were going to do something and they lost. And I'm wondering, are they cursed? I mean, I don't even believe in stuff like that, but I'm starting to wonder it. How in the world is this happening to this team? I mean, you think about it. Kawhi is, I mean, you see how Jimmy Butler is dominating the playoffs? Kawhi was five times that last year. And you get him, and you got Paul George, Lou Will, Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell. And they going out like Willie Lump Lump? Nah. See, I, it's crazy. How do you describe this? And see, the bad thing that's going to happen is if they lose tomorrow night, all of L.A. and my all my phone calls, everything. My phone is going to blow up from everyone from out west. Pompey, we've been telling you. We lived this before. The Clippers are going to go down. They, or they went down. So I normally don't root for games. But I'm telling y'all, I'm praying tonight. 
And I'm praying today that the Clippers win. Just for some pride. And if they do win, I feel so sorry for the people in L.A. I really do. And here's my reasoning. You would have had a, a Western Conference, all-Western Conference final in L.A. The Staples Center would have been off the chain. L.A. would have been off the chain. The second largest market in the world would have blown up even bigger than it is right now. Man, that would have been so much fun. But now if they win, you're going to have two L.A. teams playing in a bubble in Orlando or South Orlando in Kissing. That's why you feel sorry for the L.A. fans. But I'm telling you, Clippers, man, y'all can't make me look bad because I've been talking smack all year. Now, again, I just do it to have fun. You know, because I know how much people out there love the Lakers. I'm telling y'all, they love the Lakers. Let me tell y'all how much they love the Lakers. A couple years ago, I was out there when the Rams were in the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl week. And we were out there. Um, I believe they played the Lakers and the Clippers at the same time. So we were out there for a couple days, right? And all they were talking about was the Dodgers and the Lakers. Seriously. The Rams were in the Super Bowl and all they were talking about was the Dodgers and the Lakers. So that tells you about it, right? So I'm saying this to say that, you know, they love basketball there and I love trash talking. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a I'm a trash talker and I love having fun doing it. So but before I get blasted no offense to the Denver Nugget fans out there, but I just need the Clippers to win this game. <laughs> All right, y'all. I want to thank y'all for listening. Have a great day. Peace.